199 Proof is a show where we take spirits and place them in head-to-head -head competitions against each other, evaluating them neat and in the drinks they frequently make. We pledge that we will try at least 199 versions of each mixed drink we choose in a rigorous, bracketed-style tournament of data-driven drinking. Just not all at once. Welcome to another episode of 199 Proof Data-Driven Drinking, where we take science and data and use them to answer that very important question, what shall we drink from the non-English-speaking part of Europe, countries better known for wine instead of gin? The four gins that we're bringing tonight are all from predominantly wine-producing countries, not gin-producing countries. Right, even though one of the gins is from Spain, which, as it turns out, consumes the most gin of any country in Europe, about twice as much as the UK, which was pretty surprising, and about five times as much as the US. That is surprising. I should go to Spain. Yes, you should. And when you do that, you'll find that a lot of the gin that they consume in Spain is actually from the UK. <laughs> but they do have their own gin. In fact, we have one tonight. I'm bringing the aforementioned Spanish gin, in this case, Mahon gin, which is highly rated, of course, which is why I picked it. But also it's made from wine alcohol instead of grain alcohol, which is a bit unusual. I figure highly rated and from the number one gin consuming country in Europe should be good. Should be. The other one I'm bringing is Citadel, which is from France. And as I mentioned, one of the very first craft distilleries for the craft gin revolution. And it's won a lot of awards, although a lot of them were a few years ago. So we'll see if it's been surpassed since then by the more modern gins. All right. The first one I'm bringing is Malfi from the Amalfi Coast in Italy. I've had their line of flavored gins. There's a blood orange, there's a grapefruit, there's a lemon, and they're fantastic. I haven't had a chance to try this one yet, the Originale, but I have a good idea that it's gonna be delicious. Interesting fact, on the back of the bottle, they actually claim that gin was invented in Italy in the year 1050 by monks, and a bottle would not lie to us. Right, right, and 1050 is early enough that it's possible because that's even before you started drinking it, Mr. You know, Beethoven. Mozart. Mozart, right, sorry. And that's God, even before- I thought you were data-driven and smart. That's even before you started drinking it, Mr. Child Prodigy. <laughs> Right. Point proven. Jesus. This is horrendous. Okay. We're, we're frauds. What else are you bringing? My second one is Esme Gin from France. Now, I've seen this at a couple of dozen places, and I've looked at it, and I've put it down, and I've picked it up, and I've put it down, and I've bought all the bottles around it, but I never bought this one. This one's also coming to us unopened. Tonight, it's Esme's turn to dance. One thing that's funny is that for most people, when they say they've bought all the bottles around it, they're being figurative. But no, I can totally believe you bought every other bottle on the shelf besides this one, maybe even in one trip. <laughs> well, if you turn around, you'll see the 80 or so bottles on the shelf behind you. Including the eight you bought between yesterday and today. Yeah, well, there is that. We take this job seriously. Extremely seriously. All right, well, let's kick it off with one of the original craft gins and the place where gin was invented, head to head, starting now. 
We drink a lot and have developed over 40 characteristics to evaluate spirits. For gin, we've selected the 10 most relevant, six taste dimensions and four non-taste factors. Together, these comprise our 10-point scoring system. The six key taste dimensions are smooth or sharp, strong or weak, boozy or sneaky, simple or complex, balanced or unbalanced, adaptable or limited, plus these four non-taste dimensions, sophistication or snob appeal, novelty, availability, price, or snap. All right, the first half of the bracket, Mouthy against Citadel. Mark, overall impressions? My overall impressions are that they're both actually really smooth. They're both really good. My initial impression of the Malfi is that it's a fairly simple, straightforward, juniper-forward gin uh, that executes it really well. Yeah, I agree. And the Citadel is more complex and stronger, but muddier in some way. Doesn't seem to pull it off that well. Uh, yeah, I'd agree with that. Initially, the first taste I get, and I'm surprised you didn't mention this because you seem to mention this more than I do, is that copper kettle tang that, that it has to me. Yeah, that's very, very strong and noticeable. So, smooth? They're both smooth. I don't see a point here. No, they're both really smooth, aren't they? Uh, even going back, like I thought the Malfi was super smooth, but, you know, then drinking it right next to Citadel, that's also super smooth. All right, strong. I'm gonna have to go with the Citadel on this one. Uh, it just has a stronger flavor all around. I agree. Boozy or sneaky? This was a little bit of a tough one because my first taste of the Malfi is a little boozy, but after that, the booziness doesn't seem to hit as much, so I'm not really thinking there's a point here. Yeah, I agree 100% with you there. It has a little bit of a bite at first. Each subsequent sip after that, nothing. Fair enough. Simple versus complex. The Citadel is definitely more complex. The, the Malfi is much simpler. I think what the Malfi does, it does really well. It might be simpler, but it executes it really well. The Citadel has a lot more going on, a lot more botanical action in there. It doesn't necessarily all come together. I agree with that. The way that I rationalize that is that the point for complex goes to the Citadel, and the point for balanced goes to the Malfi. I felt that the Citadel, it had a lot going on, it was strong, but it was kind of muddy. And another way of saying that is, it's much less balanced. It's unbalanced, right. Yeah, I'll agree with that. And I think that's an important clarification, actually, because we haven't run up against this before. So clarification on the scoring system, I'm always in favor of that. Adaptable or limited? What are your thoughts here? My prediction would be that the Malfi would be more adaptable, unless the fact that it's less strong makes it Disappear, disappear yeah. I predict the same thing. I mean, it's tough to really predict, but I predict the same thing because I feel like with less going on, it's kind of more of a wide open palette. Uh, where the Citadel's got a bit more happening, I just don't know how well that melds and merges. Yeah, and for that reason, I'm thinking this is a TBD. Sure, I'm fine with that. Well, in that case, neat round goes to Citadel. Two points to one with a bunch of pushes. Oh. All right, sets up an interesting tonic round. It does, and of course, that's the majority of the scoring because other than us, who drinks this stuff neat? You guys don't drink this stuff neat, right? I hope not, because honestly, it's usually better with something else. With something. Let's do it. 
All right, the tonic round. Malfi versus Citadel. Mark, you started last time. Let me kick it off. Go for it. These are both smooth. They're both strong. I was worried the Malfi might fade. It doesn't at all. In fact, I like the flavor more with the tonic. Right? Isn't that interesting? It almost picks up a bit of complexity. The citrus notes really shine through. Even ungarnished, it kind of tastes like it's garnished. It does. And... I was worried about it fading into the background or whatever. Actually, kind of the reverse. It really stands up well and even kind of strengthens. It does, and I don't think we've seen that from a gin before, and I'm kind of really curious how they pull that off. Apparently a thousand years of practice. Huh, touche. They're both also sneaky. Oh, without a doubt. Which means for the first three, I don't see a point here. No, I don't see either. I mean, you know, I could lobby for Malfi here or there, but it would be a real half-assed, half-hearted attempt because... You know, Citadel isn't far behind. I agree with that. And it's not just not far behind, it's actually still ahead in complexity. It is still ahead in complexity, but again, you know, and this goes sort of outside the the bounds of what we're looking for here, but in this case, the complexity isn't something that I'm loving. It's more complex, sure, but it's not what I want. I agree with that. And if our scoring system is good, we'll pick that up in the next two categories. Well. Is our scoring system good? Let's find out. One point to Citadel for complexity. Yep. Balanced? I'm saying Malfi all the way. 100%. This makes an awesome gin and tonic. Yep. And that gives Malfi the tying point, which means adaptable is the tiebreaker. Well, drinking them with tonic in a simple two-to-one ratio, clearly, in my eyes anyway, Malfi takes that one. The Citadel... It's not bad, it's just not as a cohesive, unified drink as the Malfi is. I completely agree. And that's something that we've always said as part of being adaptable. It can't disappear, the Malfi doesn't, and the more cohesive, the more adaptable. And the Malfi is really cohesive, and the Citadel is just not. No, it's not. It's got something that just sort of sticks out like a sore thumb. And I'm going to have to say, I like the Malfi a lot better. I agree. That also means that the Malfi takes the round and the matchup, two to one. Complexity isn't all there is, and your concern about execution and so on was founded. And we picked that right up in Balanced and Adaptable, with Malfi giving us a more adaptable and better balanced, and therefore winning, trick. Yeah, I agree. And that means Malfi ends up in the final for tonight against either Esme or Mahone. Sounds like a Shakespeare play, Esme or Mahone. Although, given that Mahone is from Spain, maybe you're attempting to shoehorn it into English literature as kind of tilting at windmills. Oh, uh, is this where we're starting? I was thinking more of a more of a Salinger novel for Esme with Mahone and Squalor. <laughs> I'm just kind of the dawn of these references, aren't I? <laughs> Don't make me kiss your ring. <laughs> May your first gin be a masculine gin. (laughs) And may the next gin be the winner. (laughs) Off we go. And now the second half of the bracket, what we're going to call the accent half, Mahone versus Esme. The accent half. 
What are you staring at my notes? Because that's exactly what I wrote down. I circled the accent on both of them. It wasn't on purpose. It was an accident. Uh, I should know better by now. Sorry, was that kind of a grave sin in your eyes? Yep. Should definitely know better by now. I'm going to just stick a pin in this one and start. Mahone comes off as a little strong to me. <laughs> a little strong and a little boozy? Man, this thing is, whoa. Yeah, I... I kind of feel weird saying this, but it drinks more like a brandy or a, a grappa to me than it does a gin. Uh, and coming in at 41% alcohol, it's surprising at how boozy it is. Yeah, it could be going up against a Navy strength gin and we'd still be giving the point to its opponent for sneaky. Oh, without a doubt. And it turns out Esme actually is sneaky, which doesn't even matter in this case, but it's actually pretty good in that respect. Esme could be a high-proof Russian vodka, and it would probably come across as less boozy. <laughs> well, that's true. Now, once you get past the, whoa, this thing is boozy, I find it's not that sharp, the Mahone, but the Esme is even smoother. Oh, the Esme is quite smooth, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm comfortable giving a point for smooth to Esme. Yeah, without a doubt. Strong, well... That's, I, I'm willing to give a push here because, boy, Mahone is strong. But Esme is strong in its own way, just not, whoa. Esme is strong in a gin way. Mahone's just kind of strong. Mm. It's kind of like that roid rage dude just walking into a china shop and ripping things up. Oh. It happens. It could. It could definitely happen. The roid rage in the china shop. Yes, absolutely. Roid rage in the china. It's like, and the bull at the beach. Hey, we're from New Jersey, right? Of course, then it wouldn't be the beach. It would be the shore. Down the shore. Yeah. Of course. Complex. I think Mahone is a little more complex, but Esme is actually pretty complex. Esme is definitely complex and has a lot going on. And again, you know, drinks like a gin, so point in my book. Mahone is definitely complex, uh, but in a way that's very un-gin-like. And also very unbalanced. Oh, super unbalanced. Like I said, it drinks much more like a grappa than it does a gin. And I don't see that as an attribute. Mm. And you're also thinking, this may not be the most adaptable drink. I don't know what the fuck I would put this with. <laughs> well, after we declare this round to Esme, the answer to that question is tonic. Do I have to? <laughs> because... I'm getting the sense that this is going to be a really weird gin and tonic. I mean, we'll do it, but I get the sense, predictive, that it's going to be a really weird gin and tonic. Well, on the plus side, the Esme should be good. Yeah. And besides that, it's our duty. It is our duty. Let's but, do it. Okay. I beat you to that one. You got me on the accents. I got you on the let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, the tonic round to see which gin makes the finals, Mahone or Esme. As you like to say, the accent round. Absolutely. And I would say the accent here is on Mahone being better than expected and Esme being better than Mahone. Well, yeah. I mean, if you want to boil it down right away, absolutely. Mahone does work better than expected because... I expected it to do extremely poorly as a gin and tonic, and it doesn't do as poorly as I predicted. It, it actually kind of does mix and mellow out a little bit. Yeah, I would say, if we're going to start with adaptable here, that it's 
decently adaptable, which is more than I expected, but it's still not a cohesive drink. It's still not actually particularly good. Yeah, I don't know that I would necessarily extrapolate decently adaptable out of just putting it with tonic. I, I don't see this being able to go with too many ingredients anywhere. Yeah, all right. And it only barely scrapes by as a gin and tonic. I wouldn't use it to disinfect my sink at this point, like I did with one of our gins a long time ago. I would just never buy it again. To me, this is more of an after dinner sipping drink than it is what we typically consider to be a gin. Fair enough. All right, adaptable, we're gonna go with Esme. Right. Balanced, Esme. Uh, absolutely. Complex, I don't really see a point here. There's still some complexity to Mahone, although less. There's right. still some complexity to Esme, although it also loses some. It does, but it still works better for me. Yeah. Sneaky, strong, and sharp, those are pushes. Yeah. I think what we have here is a case of one gin that's not that great, and the other gin that's not awesome, but way better than not that great. Right, and that's sometimes what you get in a tournament. Yeah, as May moves on, and we'll face an actually pretty good gin in Malfi in the final. Right, but remember it was the last week or the week before when we were really surprised when we went into the final round thinking one thing was gonna happen, and all of a sudden all of our preconceived notions were a bit shattered when these two gins went head to head. That is true. There is one thing that I will admit is not gonna happen, which is a gin that I brought is not gonna win. Nope, that is true. So without any further ado, let's move to the final round. Oh, fine. I'll take my medicine like a man. All right, the final round, Malfi versus Esme, neat. Right, we're here to pick a winner. I win. Oh, oh it's boy. still about the gin. Got it, my mistake. Sorry, guys. Well, neat. It's tough to really say too much that hasn't been already said, so why don't we just go right to the system? Sounds good, smooth. I think they're both really smooth. Have to pick a winner. I would say Esme is slightly smoother to me. All right, I, I would say not enough for me to give it a point, but maybe. All right, well, then that's a push with a lean towards Esme, perhaps. Okay. Uh, strong or weak? I find Esme a little stronger. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that. Not much. Uh, again, it might be a slight tilt to that direction. That plus the slight tilt to the smooth direction Maybe they get one point for both categories. All right, you're saying Esme is now up one zero. Yes. All right, sneaky. To me, Esme comes across as a little bit sneakier. Interesting, I wouldn't have thought so, but tasting them side by side, I found the Malfi sneakier. Oh, interesting. That seems like it's a push. All right, complex. I don't really see much of a winner here. I. You don't want to see the Esme as the winner because Malfi does what it does so well, but Esme is more complex. I was going to go back and say exactly that, but you just put it so well for me. The system is the system. We have to give Esme the point for complex. To me, the next item is where Malfi takes the point back. It's much more balanced. It is. It's incredibly well balanced. It's a very good gin. 
It is, and that makes it two to one with adaptable to come. Now here's the thing. At this point, adaptable for the neat round is a little bit perspective. We haven't put them side by side with tonic. Right. Which means it's hard to actually give a point here. Yeah, anything we say is just totally predictive and really holds little water. It's little more than an opinion. Which means Esme gets the neat round, two to one. It does, doesn't it? Well, let's put him with tonic and let's see if Malfi is as great with tonic as it was in the last round. Just once I'd like to go into the final round with the lead. Oh, wait, that's today. Oh boy. Yeah, these jokes don't get old. Not for me anyway. Oh boy. It's funny because I'm usually the one saying, oh boy, groaning in the background. Oh, oh this again. Oh boy. Taste your own medicine. Final round, tonic, here we come. Not soon enough. All right, final round, final matchup, Malfi versus Esme with tonic. Yeah, they both make really good drinks. Slightly different, but really good drinks. The Esme has a couple flaws in its design. And the Malfi, wow, that is good. What do they do with this stuff? I'm not really sure how to tackle the differences without just going straight through the ratings. So why don't we hit the ratings and as we do, we just kind of talk ourselves through it. Sounds good. Uh, smooth or sharp? They're both really smooth. Yep. The mouthy might even be a little bit smoother, but they're both good. Yeah, you know, I could lobby for the mouthy to edge it out, but I kind of feel like I don't need to at the moment. If we need to revisit that one, I'll pitch my case for that. But they're both smooth. Fair enough. Strong, the weird thing for me is the Esme was nice and strong, neat. It weakens. And the Malfi was pretty good, and it strengthens when you put it with tonic. It's really strange, but you're absolutely dead to rights on there. I've never seen anything like that. And I mean, we drink a lot of gin and a lot of gin and tonic. I mean, have you seen anything like that before? In something like 150 different bottles of gin and tonic, this is the first that's done that. Right? It's bizarre. And we had it do the exact same thing a little while ago in its initial round for tonight. It's not a fluke. No, but it's funny because we were also talking about how it's not so complex. And know? yet, you add tonic and it becomes more complex. Yeah, it's really interesting. I don't know how they do that, but... It gets, in my view, it gets the strong point and the complex point. Because in both cases, Esme weakens and Malfi strengthens. Yeah, I fully agree with that. Uh, so sandwiched between there is boozy or sneaky? Yeah, there's a push. Yeah, total push. They're both super sneaky. Balanced is not a push. Balanced is not a push. Malfi is so well balanced. It's amazing. This is a gin that's really punching above its weight. Absolutely. It's also really adaptable. Yeah. Not just in the sense that it goes well with tonic, but it makes a really cohesive drink, which the Esme doesn't as much, and the Malfi, amazingly. Yeah, I get it. And I get that not everybody has 80 bottles of gin on their shelf like I do. And with certain drinks, certain cocktails, you know, I can really pick and choose the gin that I want to feature in that cocktail. However, if I were the type of person to only have a bottle of gin or a couple of bottles of gin, I feel like Malfi's one of those sort of jack-of-all-trades gins, but master of some. It makes a great gin and tonic. I could see this working really well in a number of different cocktails. 
and with a number of different garnishes. Without a doubt, you already have the citrus there working for you just with tonic. So you could sort of counterpoint that citrus with a different citrus in there, right? I get a lot of lemon, so, you know, maybe you go like grapefruit or orange or even, you know, zest. But I also see you being able to go, you know, herbal or floral and really kind of tweak it and create something that's much, much, much more complex than just a gin and tonic with a single garnish. I agree with you completely. Also, for tonight's purposes, Malfi takes it in a walkover. Yeah, it does. Uh, you know, I think Esme benefited from maybe not having the strongest competitor uh, in the first round, but as we start to narrow things down, you go up against bigger and better competitors, and it's going to start getting real interesting real quickly. That's right. Malfi is now through to the round of 16. Yes, we started with 64 in the bracket. Right. It's through to the round of 16, which is going to make it go up against another really good gin. Yeah. Uh, I'm really looking forward to, obviously, the rest of this round, but once we start getting into the later rounds, this is going to get really squirrely and interesting. Now, we don't necessarily have to lobby for my gin or your gin. Now we're just drinking 16 exceptionally good gins. I am looking forward to the really good drinking that comes with that round. It's public service and we have to do it. We're committed. Absolutely. And next episode, we're going to have another four gins and one more to join Malfi in the round of 16. Join us then. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Please check out our website for more information, 199proof.com. Follow us on Instagram, 199proof data-driven drinking, all one word. Follow us on Twitter, at 199 underscore proof, and find us on Facebook. Send us what you're drinking, and let us know what gins you'd like to see featured on future episodes. Cheers. Cheers.